Hey there, I'm Andrew Yeager, and welcome to the inaugural edition of WBHM Politics. On October 3rd, Birmingham voters will choose between Mayor William Bell and challenger Randall Woodfin in a mayoral runoff. Residents will also make their final picks in some city council and school board races. And over the next few weeks, we'll delve into a few of the issues that are on voters' minds. Today is the relationship between the mayor's office and the city council. To say there's friction between those two parts of city government is an understatement. Mayor William Bell and the council are often at odds, and once they were literally at each other's throats when Bell and Councilman Marcus Lundy got into an altercation behind closed doors. But with the potential for a new mayor and a new makeup of the council, how might that change after these elections? We'll talk about it with WBHM's local government reporter, Cheryl Wheeler-Stewart. Cheryl, good to have you here. Good to be here. (laughs) And uh, and our guest today is a longtime observer of local politics, uh, Birmingham Times executive editor Barnett Wright. Barnett, great to have you here as well. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I'll throw this out there, and whoever wants to take it, when did this conflict begin? Was there a moment where we could say, this is really bad, this isn't just normal politics? There has always been some friction between the mayor and the council. Uh, If you look back historically, Uh, especially uh, since going back to Bernard Kincaid and William Bell. You know, that uh, uh, election uh, kind of started, I believe, the um, council in a certain direction. And it led all the way up to the point that we are now. You just mentioned the recent elections, right? Uh, Bernard Kincaid endorsed William Bell. So it shows how things have almost circled and come back around now. But a lot of people, and Cheryl can weigh in on this because she sees this, a lot of people feel they have never seen this kind of friction between the mayor and the council. I agree with Barnett. The friction on the council has been there for years. You know, I'm thinking back to the days even as early as the 1980s, there was friction when between the mayor and the council at times when uh, Richard Arrington was mayor. There was friction when Bernard Kincaid was mayor and William Bell was a member of the council. And at that point, the council voted to limit Bernard Kincaid's um buying or spending power. I don't know if you may remember that, Barnett. Or that and William have, Bell was the president at the time. William Bell was the president at the time. So that has always been there. When you ask, why is it now as it is? You know, a couple things. And in an interview that I did with William Bell, you know, he said that for a long, for, for several years with this current council, things were going well. And a couple of years ago, that all changed. There are different theories on what changed you know a lot of it just is just personalities but one thing you have to realize is that while there is friction six of the council members have already been reelected, and they are headed back to a four-year term on the council and the two leaders both the mayor and the council president find themselves in runoffs we'll get to that in a moment but you're talking about this moment um theories around what changed i mean what did change? What are the ideas? There was one theory that there were council members who were uh, who, who may have been considering their political future and it was time for them to start posturing themselves. That's just that happens sometimes in political uh, arenas. But, you know, what we've seen now is that none of the council members actually, you know, entered the race for mayor. So that was not true. There were some theories, there were some stories out there about conversations where people's feelings were hurt. And then Mayor Bell put it this way in our interview is that he said that 
it's not unusual for the friction to occur. And usually it happens when, you know, the council is exercising its power as a council. The mayor is exercising his power as mayor. And then those lines overlapped. And, you know, there, there's controversy. You can also uh, do a Google search. The Birmingham Times did a report called Tragic City where it looked at the deterioration of the relationship between Jonathan Austin and William Bell. And Jonathan Austin's the council president. Jonathan Austin's the council president. What a lot of people forget is that Austin and Bell were aligned when this new council came aboard. Right. And they separated based on our reporting because there was a there was friction between, according to the reports, um, Jonathan Austin and Jarvis Patton, the mayor's chief of staff, and Austin wanted something done about Patton, and 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 Patton and the mayor go way back to to, to high school. Right, they they attended a Macalada High School together. Right, and the the mayor would not do anything to Patton because of, like some something happened privately, and they began to go their separate ways. And Austin went and began to build, or he had his own coalition. And he had supporters on the council. And that rupture was never repaired, and they had been separate since that particular time. So that created a lot of uh, distance between the council president and the mayor that's never been repaired. And you can almost see it sometimes based on the comments uh, that, that they have had about each other. Yeah, they're not shy about going after each other in the media or who knows what's said behind closed doors. Um, but Cheryl, you brought up the point that on the council side, six of the nine incumbents, well, six of the eight that ran for re-election, won outright uh, without a runoff. So do voters care about this? Do you hear this from voters? I think they care about it, but they see that their council members are getting things done in their districts. Whether you like a particular council person, that's not really the issue. Is this council person getting the things done that I need to have done in District 3, in District 8, in District 9, where, wherever? And that base is there. You know, I would say that, you know, those six council persons who won outright truly have their base defined and they knew how to get them to the polls and forget about the fact that they may have had beefs with the mayor over the past four years or however long it may have existed. They still have their base and that base turned out. And also, I think you have to look at the the races that are in the runoffs, right? We look, look at the ones who won. Look at the ones who didn't. Now, of course, District 9, uh, it was vacant because Marcus Lundy decided not to run again. So you had Rod, you have Roger Roy and John Hilliard. Okay, if you look at the District 2 race, you have Kim Rafferty against Hunter Williams. You know, Kim Rafferty, um, a lot of people believe she would not even make the runoff because she, she apparently, based on what a lot of people thought, uh, was not the, one of the most popular council members, but she's in a runoff with says a lot. Then let's go back to the one we were talking about, District 5, right? Uh, Daryl O'Quinn versus Jonathan Austin. Now, Daryl O'Quinn is the president of the uh, Citizens Advisory Board, which represents the 99 neighborhoods. Um, Jonathan Austin, the question is, was there some question among his voters about um, his relationship with the mayor? Or has the district changed? Or has O'Quinn run a very strong campaign? Now, Austin did finish with, with, with the highest number of votes in that particular district. But, but again, the questions are, had been raised on whether or not his relationship with the mayor 
um, was on the minds of voters, as well as people asking the same things about William Bell and his relationship with the council and his runoff against Randall Woodman. I think you mentioned that District 5 race. The one other thing that I want to point out is that in that race, former Mayor Richard Arrington has come out with an endorsement of Daryl O'Quinn. Correct. So this is Richard Arrington, who, who is the first African-American mayor of the city of Birmingham, endorsing a person who is not an African-American. So, yes, that district has changed, but I don't know if those changes matter. And let's not forget that Arrington also endorsed Bell. Well, and that's how I looked at that situation is you had that relationship between William Bell and Richard Arrington. And if Bell and Austin are at odds, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend sort of thing. You know, I've, I've heard it pointed out that because Bell and because Jonathan Austin are in runoffs, that's some evidence that voters are upset about the conflict between the two. But Cheryl, you point out that um, these folks have bases. They have people that kind of support them. I don't want to say regardless, but they've got a certain amount of built-in support. I mean, how much can you read into those election, election results about this is about conflict? It is about conflict in some ways, but I think it may be a greater issue of voter turnout. When I look at the numbers, I see that William Bell actually won the largest number of boxes. Uh, I believe he, he won 39, of, 39 boxes compared to his opponent's 30. However, the turnout in those boxes was not the same, was several percentage points behind the turnout in the best boxes for his opponent. So... I don't know. Uh, it's not that's not so much conflict. I think it's maybe some conflict, but a greater issue of voter turnout, getting your folks to the polls. Yeah, how do you read that, Barnett? I think that that tells me that Randall's supporters were more energized. Um, they were more enthusiastic. Uh, they turned out in the boxes that Cheryl talked about in large, large numbers. And what what that says is I think people automatically assume that the mayor has a certain number of voters that he's going to get almost every election. What Randall did was he expanded the number of voters who normally don't turn out. Younger voters, white voters, voters in some of those other precincts who really didn't take an interest in the mayor's race. They did this time. Well, let's look ahead till after October 3rd. We could see change in the mayor's office, certainly. We could see change in the leadership of the council, even though six of, of nine seats will be held by the same person. Let's start with the mayor's side. If Bell wins, if Randall Woodfin wins, what do we think may happen with this relationship with, uh, with, with the council, Cheryl? I think if, if Bell wins, he would go back with a clear message from voters, and that message would be they want to see some change. I think that has... That has, that has been very clear. There are voters who realize that there has already been significant change in Birmingham when you look at you know, Uptown and the plans for Inslee and those kinds of things. But people are saying they want to see more and they want to see a better city. Uh, if Woodfin goes in, you've got uh, a whole new crew that would be coming in to run the city. Because remember, about 100 positions, and Barnett, correct me if I'm wrong on this, about 100 positions in city administration are appointed by the mayor currently. Correct. That's a significant turnover in leadership, not just in the offices on third floor, but throughout City Hall and throughout the city. Potential. Not everyone will leave. You know, 
Mr. Woodfin, if he is elected, may choose to keep those people who are truly doing a good job and moving the city forward. But he does not have to. He's not bound to. I find it interesting that you said that if Bell is reelected, that you think to a certain extent the the message is received about conflict, that there may be a change there. Do you see it that way, Barnett? I think that will be if if the mayor comes back, if Austin comes back, I think this will be a a perfect opportunity to, to put behind whatever differences that they have. Let's start anew. So here we are. We've been through this conflict as we talked about. We have four more years now. The voters have returned us. Let's put aside our differences. I'm talking about the mayor and the council president. Let's sit down and say, okay, let's move this city forward. Because I I get the gut instinct that, you know, if you see Marcus Lundy didn't run again, I would say Austin, who's in law school now, the mayor who who was approaching 70 years old, I think their careers are winding down Here's an opportunity for them to go out in a blaze of glory. Let's sit down, Austin and, and, and Bell, and say, okay, this may be the last rodeo for the two of us. Let's make this the best four years in the history of the city of Birmingham. What about on the council side? Because as we said many times, majority of the council is coming back, but that key position, the city council president, Jonathan Austin, he is uh, in a runoff. If he doesn't get reelected, Barnett, um, how does that change things? I think it remains to be seen. The question is, Daryl O'Quinn will be pulled by two separate coalitions, right? The city council right now is a 5-4 split, okay, with, with Austin in the majority. So, therefore, if Austin does not come back, the question is, which of the sides will O'Quinn join? Which coalition? Will it be the run, one with Roberson and William Parker or will it be the one with uh, Stephen Hoyt and uh, Sheila Tyson? That's going to be the question. He will be the swing vote. And I don't know where it will go. We have to see, you know, when he gets up there. But the question still remains is where will that split be? Because it may not be consistent. We know, and Barnett and I both have, have covered uh, city council for long periods of time. And we know that all things can change in one day, you know, and, and and as you observe, you think, gosh, how did that happen or why did that happen? And there will be no answer. But I have seen coalitions shift. You know, at, at one point, Councillor Robeson was not as closely aligned with the coalition that he currently is aligned with. So so it shifts at one point. Uh, William Parker Councillor Lundy, Councillor Austin were basically the team that worked together driving the calls on the council. And that just changed one day very quickly. Really no explanation for that. One name hasn't come up is Kim Rafferty. Does who wins that District 2, Kim Rafferty or Hunter Williams, does that play into this at all? I don't think so. I think think Rafferty has been a part of the coalition uh, with Abbott, with Roberson, with Parker, who usually is on the on the minority on the five four side of it. Now I don't know much about Hunter Williams. I don't know where he'll play. You know, where if he wins, you know, which side he will be a part of. But I think that right now that there's a clear five four uh, split. But Cheryl's right. Okay, I mean, you Austin can come back. Okay, and that five four majority that he has 
could all of a sudden go to the other side because one of the five that's part of him now could easily change their mind. So you just don't know. The other thing you have to realize, too, is that District 9 council person, there will be a new District 9 council. Now, the choices are the former council president, Roderick Royal, or Mr. John Hilliard, who is a former state legislator. Both of them are very seasoned uh, when it comes to government and leadership. So, you know, how do they play in the mix? Either, either way you slice it, the person who fills that seat will come in with some power, knowledge, and skill. Some power, knowledge, and skill. Do you see them, um, I guess, do they naturally align with, with one side or the other, or do you think we may be left in limbo? Well, here's, here's the thing. Roderick Royal has never been a friend of Mayor Bell's. Um, Royal is also a former city council president who clashed with the mayor. So that remains to be seen. But I will say this. I think that the mayor, the mayor's office would probably rather work with Royal than with Lundy. To my knowledge, he never got into, a, in, into an altercation <laughs> with, uh, with Roderick Royal. Now, but the other thing we have to realize, too, is that at one point, Roderick Royal was a committee assistant for Mayor Bell when Mayor Bell was on the council. And he was a very loyal uh, committee assistant and carried out his duties you know, in that position. Uh, supporting the council member at that time. And there, and there was a split. Okay, so so again, it's almost, you know, like like a soap opera, right? We have these names. You know, look look at the names we're talking about, right? Arrington, Kincaid, Royal, Bell, Austin. All of these were interconnected at one time. No longer. Well, it sounds to me as we sort of take a step back if we're thinking about this through a lens of, of conflict between the mayor and the council, a lot of this comes down to who occupies the, the mayor's office and whether or not Jonathan Austin comes back. Those seems to be the, the linchpin. Am I, am I summarizing that too, too narrowly? I think so. I think um, there are a lot of ifs out there. If Randall Whitman wins, if William Bell is reelected, if Jonathan Austin comes back— uh, Mr. Austin, Mr. Whitman have had a good relationship over the years. I don't know if that would change if their positions are changed. Uh, there was a time when Mayor Bell and Jonathan Austin had a good relationship. I remember them lighting a Christmas tree together once. You know, <laughs> so you know it can all change. This is politics. Politics in Birmingham can change more rapidly than the weather. And, and Cheryl had a good point earlier. If Roderick Royal wins, if John Hilliard wins, that could be a key. Andrew, you had a good question earlier about the uh, Hunter Williams-Kim Raffi race. If if Hunter Williams wins, if Kim Raffi, So, yeah, so those are four more ifs that we don't know. And here's the thing. We probably won't know on election night because they would be elected, and we don't know what direction those new elected officials will go. Well, as we wrap things up here, I want to take a step back because you know, we— decry this conflict in the media. You hear it from people who watch city government. This is the most the most friction you've seen between those two sides um, in years. But what isn't being done? What might the city accomplish if we didn't have this friction? Right now, the budget still has not been passed. That's the thing that comes to mind for me, because the budget year begins on July 1st. Correct. And typically the law 
is designed so that the budget is presented by the mayor no later than some point in May, and it's considered by the council and then in place for the start of the budget year. That has not happened, and part of that is because of friction. They've just not been able to to iron out the final details for spending the city's money. I think also what, what more could be done, neighborhood services. We talk about all the work being done downtown. Some of the criticisms that you hear is that, you know, the things being done in the neighborhoods. Um, Some of the things that could be improved as far as the streets are concerned, uh, cleanup. Now, the mayor will say that that they have Operation Greenwave, I believe, that's doing a lot of this. There could be more of that. And, Andrew, one thing we haven't talked about, and I I think we could probably save it for another time, is education. One thing that can be done is that the mayor and council can can get together and come up with, with a plan to better assist the Birmingham City School System. Barnett Wright is the executive editor of the Birmingham Times. Uh, Barnett, it's great to have you here. It's great to be here, and I enjoyed the conversation. And uh, Cheryl Wheeler-Stewart is our local government reporter here at WBHM. And uh, Cheryl, thanks for all your thoughts. Thank you, Andrew. That's it for the inaugural edition of WBHM Politics. The show was produced by Gigi Duban, Cheryl Wheeler-Stewart, and myself. Our theme song is by Eric Essex, and it's called Find Your Way. We want to know what you think, too. Send us your thoughts through the WBHM Facebook page or tweet at us. We're at WBHM, or you can use the hashtag WBHMPolitics. Next week, we'll be talking about gentrification and the Birmingham elections. So if you have any comments on that, send it our way. I'm Andrew Yeager. Thanks for listening. <laughs>